Psalm 150, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. This reading comes from Ezekiel, chapter 36, verses 16 to 23. Again the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. Their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanliness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations, and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and their actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, These are the Lord's people, and yet they have had to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore say to the house of Israel, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. Amen. Well, good morning again. It's great to be invited. Thank you, Elaine, wherever she's gone. She's in, oh, she's gone to crash. Um, it's always a pleasure to be out from there to here, and it means I get a lion as well. It's fantastic. This morning, we're talking about the reputation of God, um, something that challenged me um, when writing it, and I'm hopefully it will challenge you. When I was in high school, um, I loved my football. I loved any sport, well, I do love any sporting event, and when we'd ever play against a rival team like Lysander, as it used to be Padgate, we used to get told off because if we were on the substitute bench or we were just supporting, we'd boo the opposition team. And it wasn't allowed. 
wasn't allowed. But I was thinking, I went to watch um, Manchester City versus Villarreal the other week when I was meant to be at home group. Um, but it was so different. You know, there was fans throwing paper objects. I know it's only paper, but paper objects at the Villarreal players. And I, I, was, I was mortified. And that now has given us a reputation. We weren't, before that, a bad club. But now we've seen that we're awful. Um, we are actually going to get charged by UEFA for throwing paper planes at Villarreal players. Isn't that terrible? Um, it was funny for a time until one of them hit the linesman on the head. That was even more funnier. Um, so it's very different. Um, but what we have to think about as Christians is to maintain the reputation of God. That's the goal of all our spiritual achievements, that God is glorified and that we're lifting him high in whatever we're doing. In the reading that Derek just read in Ezekiel, the term name speaks of God's reputation. We often say that man has a great name. Now, if someone was to say to me, what do you think of Andy Cam? Long pause. He's a great friend. He's a great family man. That's because he has that reputation. He's a good elder. I stick that in. Um, <laughs> and he drives me places. It's always a good thing. Well, what? I've got some pictures. And let me take this microphone. We're going to look at these pictures. And I want you to tell me, firstly, who, who he is. And the first name or the first word that pops into your head. Who's that? Okay, give me some names. What was that? <laughs> I don't think I'll repeat that. Any other names? Yeah, lots of different names there. I didn't hear any of them. I had evil. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Whether that's bad of me, I do not know. Next person. Who's that? Einstein. What's a word? Genius. Who said genius? You've been looking at my PowerPoint, Lucy. Genius. Who's that? Oh. Edison. Thomas Edison. What's the first word that comes into your head? Light bulb. Thank you, Brian, for your support. Who's that? First word. Kindness. Oh. Saint. I got compassion. Who's that? Hey. Roberto Mancini. First, well, the first couple of words that popped into my head. There we go. Tactical magician and derby winner after today. After today. So they're just a, a, a few people just to get you thinking. Where does God get his reputation from? Any ideas? His acts. I've got that down. Fantastic. I didn't do a PowerPoint for this. I forgot. I've got his creation, his mighty acts, his word, his spokesman. 
his people and his enemies. Reputation is a big thing. We find God's reputation described by the term name in many places in the Bible. One impressive instance occurs in the record of Joshua. And when Israel was defeated by the man of Ai, Joshua pleaded with the Lord. He said, O Lord, what am I to do now that Israel has fled from her enemies? They will wipe us out. And then they will happen to, to the then what will happen to the honor of your great name? Joshua dreaded that God's reputation might be ruined, and so should we. Now let's, con- let's consider some features of God's reputation. So God must have a name. This is the first point. I think you meant to do a three-point sermon. I think I've done a five-point sermon, so hang in there. It will be quick, don't worry. It's absolutely necessary for God to have his own name. For his people's sake and for the world's sake. We, ho- we hear much these days about the rights of an individual. So I, I was thinking about the, the gypsies on um, the, the camp in Essex. And they were saying, we've got human rights, which is fair enough, we have. Everyone has human rights. But what about God's rights? God is real. He's entitled to a name, a reputation. He is declared to be the creator of all the world. He's the author of life. He's perfect in all his ways. He knows no limits. He's the everlasting father. Surely he's deserving of a reputation. God is not impassive. He has feelings. Just like us, he has personal desires. And he desires a reputation that's widespread. But he doesn't desire it for his own sake. He desires it for us. And one of the greatest blessings is to know what the character of God is like. And that's something that we're still learning. We'll never fully know that until we meet him. We need to study the attributes of God. We need to become more and more familiar with his desires and goals so that we might understand his will for our lives. It's also necessary that God has a reputation for the world's sake. Man, considered as separated from God by sin, needs to know his redeeming name. Give God a name. The world needs to hear his reputation as the lover of our souls. God's deliverances give him a name. So he delivered the Hebrews from Egyptian bondage. He delivered Daniel from the lion's jaws. He delivered Jonah from a sea monster. He delivers sinners from condemnation. He delivers us from fear, evil habits and Satan's control. He delivers us from sorrow and depression and a feeling of worthlessness. Again and again he has done it. Let's spread his fame abroad, around the world, proclaim it everywhere. He deserves it, we owe it to him. The way in which we act, give God's a name. It can be truthfully said that we as believers help shape the reputation of God and we're talking a lot about whole life discipleship and what we do outside of church outside of a Sunday morning outside of a Wednesday night youth group so what are you doing in your workplace to enhance God's reputation and I I thought of something I do I, I like to bring sweets to my colleagues I brought some sweets today refreshers 
So I'm going I'm, I'm to bless someone. I'm not going to tell you who it is. It could be you, Kay. It could be you, but it's not going to be you. Malcolm, a packet of refreshers, a blessing. Now, who else could I bless today? Watto is looking like he likes some refreshers. What's your name? Helen. No, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm only joking. There we go. Bless you. One packet left. I love doing this in work because people see a little bit of God in this. No, no, not Brian. No, definitely not. Let's see. Let's see. Andy Cam's mum. There we go. Have a blessing. Feel free to share them. But that's just something I do at my workplace. And I think people have got used to it now, which is not, it's not too good. So on a Friday, they, we have a little secret sweet box because we're not really allowed sweets in the workplace. And so we've labeled it um, Tesco Bill Discs or something like that. And then you open it and it's full of rhubarb and custards. Um, I, I do eat most of them, that's to be fair. I, there's a story about a church member. Um, it's not a church member in, in this church. But he thought that he was a great Christian. He visited the, uh, the junior church one day and the leader asked him to say a few words to the boys and girls. He stood quite proud in front of them and asked, why do you think people call me a good Christian? There was an embarrassing silence and then a small voice in the back of the room said, because they don't know you. <laughs> but that can be true. We can be like that. We can definitely be like that. And the stories are told of a soldier in the army of Alexander the Great who was brought before the great conqueror for, he was brought before the, the great conqueror um, into a court. And when the emperor listened to the charges um, and the evidence, he turned to the soldier facing contention and said, what is your name? Alexander was the reply. Again, the emperor questioned, what is your name? And the second time, the soldier answered, Alexander, with a cry of rage. The emperor roared, I say, what is your name? And when the soldier answered for the third time, as he had before, Alexander, the great general replied, you say your name is Alexander, you are found guilty of the crime because your name is Alexander. You must pay the penalty. Either change your conduct or change your name. For no man can bear the name of Alexander, my name, and do the things that you have done. But Paul, in the Bible, I mean, surely he must have had this in mind when he wrote to the Philippian believers. He said this, that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived, deprived generation which you shine like stars in the universe. Transformations give God a name. The crowning work of God is the transformation of a soul from a sinner to a saint. So when we were, when we were Christians to now, how, if you are a Christian, now how you are. From self-centeredness to God and others. From darkness to light, from wickedness to righteousness. From fear to faith. From being shackled to freedom. And who else could do it but God. Nothing gives God greater fame in all the world than a regenerated individual. Sometimes we make mistakes. 
and uh, I was going to share a story. I, I had quite a good reputation with my managers at work and the people in the, the Tesco hierarchy until I made probably one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. We were setting up a new store in Cornwall and I was building all the tills and the servers and we had eight pallets worth of kit. And off, off it went and I dispatched it all, labelled it all up, off it went to the site. And we got a phone call about three days later. Is Adam there? So I yeah, speaking. Um, we haven't received the kit. Oh, right, okay. And the store opens in two days' time. So it's okay, I'll ring DHL. So I, <laughs> I find it funny now, but it's not. Um, I rang DHL and they said, Oh, funny you should say that. We had a failed delivery this morning of eight pallets. Oh, I was like, okay. They said there was only one issue. When it got there, there isn't a Tesco site within 100 miles, possibly. Oh, I said, so where did it end up? The Isle of Skye. So this, this site was meant to be going to Cornwall. Think where Cornwall is. And think where the Isle of Skye is. That's a long way. And I, I received an email to say I'd lost Tesco a million pounds because the store had to be delayed for five days and they make a million pounds in one day. Um, so I'm glad it wasn't five million, that's for sure. But we make mistakes and that's, that has damaged my reputation. So I've then got to build that back up. I've got to build that trust back up. And maybe that's what we're like. Did they take out my wages? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I haven't checked my bank, actually. Um, no, they didn't. But maybe that's what we're like. When we damage God's reputation, we have to build that trust back up with him. True transformation by God leads to a life of service, sacrifice, and praise. These qualities will not go unnoticed by the unbelieving world. They will serve to remind them of the nature of God. The apostles and other first century Christians lived such lives that people from all walks of life sat up and take notice. That's what we should be doing. People should be noticing our lives. They should be noticing Jesus inside of us. Many of them were drawn to Christ because they were amazed and astounded when they asked themselves, what kind of a God must this Jesus Christ be? that he commands such loyalty, such sacrifice, and such service. Let's be that shining light in the world. Praise, give God's a name. This involves not only gratitude, but also speaking up when God's name is blasphemed or brought into question. We would not be ashamed to testify as to his greatness and grandeur. We were pulled in a meeting um, about lots of different things, not about my mistake, but um, lots of different mistakes which have happened, and all our jobs are hanging by the thread. And the, the big manager of the site just started swearing, literally swearing, and I didn't agree with it. So in the middle of the meeting, I thought, should I say anything? Should I? No, I should, I should, because there's, there's several people that don't agree with swearing in the workplace. So I said to the manager, in, in front of a lot of people, I said, I don't think you should be doing that. What do you effing mean? I said, exactly that. And I said, you know, I'm a believer in God, I'm a Christian. And he's like, are you? Um, 
and I, I, that's blaspheming God's name, and, and I don't agree with it. And from then on, he didn't swear. He saw something inside of me which changed him. Praise speaks of God's goodness, faithfulness, and unchanging devotion to his children. We especially enhance the reputation of God when we praise God during severe trials and suffering. It's difficult to praise God in trials and suffering. His grace and strength are testimonies to his enduring love. A body is not crippled till its heart has ceased to praise. Louis Albert Banks tells of an elderly Christian man, a fine singer, who had learned that he had cancer of the tongue and that surgery was required. In the hospital, everything was ready for the operation. The man said to the doctor, will I ever sing again? The surgeon found it difficult to answer, so he just shook his head and said no. The patient then asked if he could sit up for a moment. I've had many good times singing the praises of God. And now you tell me I can never sing again. I have one song that will be my last. It will be a gratitude and praise to God. There in the doctor's presence, the doctor stood wide-eyed and couldn't believe what he was seeing. The man sang softly the words of Isaac Watts' hymn. I'll praise my maker while I breathe, when my voice is lost in death. Praise shall employ my noble power. My days of praise shall near be past, while life and thought and being last, or immortality endures our daily bread. Let's just think this morning how being concerned with the reputation of God could change our lives. There's no greater or more noble ambition than to give God a glorious, majestic name. What name are you giving God? That's what I'm going to leave you with this morning. What name are you giving God? That's the challenge this morning from the Word. Thanks be to God. Amen.